Hello everybody, Mitch Michaels here. Time for another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Got a good show planned for you today. Going to talk to my good friends here, Ian Dunn, tennis channel legend, the Panda. We're going to break down some tennis stories. We're also going to break down Manny Machado signing with the Padres. What's next for, what is next for Bryce Harper? And what do we see for the MLB playoffs? And way too early, World Series prediction. That's up first. And then I'm going to talk to my buddy Tyler Tesson in St. Louis. He was at that Blues game where they set the franchise record. We talk about 11 straight wins for the once dead, now risen St. Louis Blues. We talk about the Antonio Brown situation and much, much more. It's Ian Dunn and Tyler Teslon on today's episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, we're back. It's the Money Mitch Effect. I think this is Panda Ian Dunn I'm talking to, but I'm not really sure. It is, my man. The blonde I, hair is throwing me off. It's, uh, it's a very, very stark blonde. It's bright. Yeah. It's really bright. I had to go for it. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. You're throwing it back to a childhood photo that uh, I don't remember the demand being there, but hey, the we're we are The demand wasn't now. there, but the supply was. <laughs> that does, yeah, it doesn't sound like basic <laughs> economics that are successful, no, no. but glad to have you here talking some sports. We're going to get to tennis a little later, but big thing going on in the sports world. This is, you know, it's February, the month that may not be everyone's favorite. We kind of have to wait until March Madness and then yep. we get to the playoffs and basketball and hockey. But Machado finally signed, and he signed with the Padres. Finally. We have one signed. Of all the teams that he could have signed with, this – and I want to put it this way. The market wasn't there for the money he wanted for a contender. I think that's yeah. what yeah. was – First, first brought up, and, and again, I'm not. We're gonna get into the value of this contract, but the money, the market for a 10-year, 300 million dollar deal—that's reportedly what he's getting. There's not that many teams that could have afforded it, and were willing to go all in with it. San Diego was one of those teams. They've struggled for a long time. So, if you're Machado and you're looking for financial security, this is probably the best case scenario. Them and I think the White Sox were the only yeah. teams that could really go for it in this regard. But. The Padres are not what we would consider contenders, so <laughs> I don't. Th- I think it's safe to say that he didn't put winning near the top of his priorities. No, no. that's that's Machado to a T, man. I I was actually saying last week and into this week that I thought the Padres were going to get Harper, so I was put I was floating yeah. that idea out. I there. thought he would be the one to say, "Look, I just want to live in San Diego and play West baseball." West Coast kid, man, close to Vegas. You, you would have thought it would have been him now. Now it seems like he's, he might be leaning towards the Phillies, is what I'm thinking. But that's, you know, Machado, 10 years, 300 mil. Let me let me put this in perspective for you. This is going to be sad. That's Roger Federer money. Unigo, yeah. That's Roger Federer Has anybody money, ever man. compared him to Roger? No, no one has ever compared Manny Machado to Roger Federer. <laughs> it's the highest paid contract in the history of sports. We'll see. I, I don't know if the Phillies are going to be able to... My bold prediction is whoever signs Harper is going to give him more on an annual value, but I don't think he gets 10 years. I just don't know, unless he wants to play for the White Sox, because yeah. that seemed like it was the only team willing to do that. And the Padres have said that they're even open to bringing Harper in if he'll take less years, because they still have some salary cap, Yeah, which is crazy. I think it's pretty safe to say that anyone who's listening to this knows I'm not the biggest Machado fan <laughs> from uh, how he's handled himself. Way back to on the Orioles. To the Dodgers, some incidents. to not really running hard, to, to taking some cheap shots, to not really acting like he wants to play all the time. But let's look at the numbers here. 140 home run season, 1300 average, and a war of about 5.8 in the last five years. I like the war, but it's not that's where solid. It's, that's it's, a it's good war. Where, it's not where it could be. I mean, that's a good. Know? That's a good. That's an all star. But is that a three hundred million dollar man? I mean, that's what that's what we're saying. I'm adamantly against all these three hundred million dollar contracts. I'd say if it's a youngish pitcher, makes a little sense. You can maybe. age a little bit. Kershaw, maybe you have more of an impact in a game. But even if let's just put it this way, even if he was a three twenty hitter, a beast, how does that make you an instant contender on its own? I don't think it does. Yeah. And you have that salary cap hit just in your face into his mid-30s. It's a lot of years, man. What's the best-case scenario for Manny Machado as a 34-year-old? 
What's the best case for him as a 24-year-old? Honestly, I mean, have we seen the best Manny Machado? Are we going to see the best Manny Machado in San Diego? Which deserves a good baseball team. They're a good baseball team. I I actually, from San Diego's perspective, I don't want to completely bash on them more so than other teams because they just needed talent. (laughs) Like They've been so bad at this point. Even if I don't think anybody's goal is to just be competitive-ish and hover around 500 and maybe make a playoff run. But that's a huge step up for what they've gone through. Yeah, the last five to ten years, I mean... Every other team's made that push in the division except for them in the last four years. I know the Dodgers have won yeah. it, but we've seen the other teams all in the playoffs. There's a lot of good teams there in the West. I mean, it's going to be interesting because the Hosmer signing last year now comes makes more sense now that they're going after the big gun, mm-hmm. which I thought last year was a, a weird signing for a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, I think... They're going to be better. I mean, on paper, they're better. I don't know if that translates to clubhouse, you know, togetherness, but... Yeah. Well, that's why I would ask, who's the leader on that team? It's not Manny Machado. No. And I think that's where you have to start with... A veteran presence is ideal, but just some leadership in the clubhouse. Yeah. They're going to have a lot of young guys coming up, too. They have one of the better farm systems, if not number one Mm -hmm. in all the majors. So, I mean, they've got young guys to come up. They just... There needs to be a leader. And I don't know if it's Hosmer either, honestly. I'm I'm not surprised that somebody landed in San Diego based on the market. I think it does now pose the question of will Bryce Harper sign? Everyone joked that it would be within five, ten minutes after yeah. because after Machado because he wanted him to set the market. Harper's got an interesting decision on his hands because I don't know that I'll say I don't know that the Nationals are completely ripping the Band-Aid off. If he's like, "Look, what's done is done. This has been a it's been a circus." Yeah. And social media has made it ten times worse because now every time he comments, every time he likes something, every time he just teases Reese Hoskins' photo on Instagram, the photo with Nelly in St. when he was yeah, in St. Yeah. Louis. I mean, he knows what he's doing. Of course. If he wants to win, if he really wants to win, and he wants to take a less year deal. I do think St. Louis is the best option for him. But I don't think yeah. he's going to go there. I think the Phillies make a little more sense. It doesn't seem like a Cardinals move, though. You know, it doesn't seem like something they would do. I think, they, I think they'd shell out like four years at like 140. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think they would. I mean, I would take that. Right, because you're saying, one, well, four years, 140. If I'm, if I'm Bryce yeah, Harper, I mean, I'm taking Yeah. Come on, that's... You can't think you're going to decrease that much in five years at his age. So I would rather sign two five-year deals than one ten-year deal. How does Harper, another guy that I like, how does he put you over the top, though? Average was pretty poor the last couple of years. Struck out a lot. I think statistically one of the worst outfielders last year in metrics across mm-hmm. the board. Some people say that was because he was trying to protect his body and not going for all the catches he had. I mean, you saw him in the NL East as a Braves fan a lot. Oh, too much. And a Phillies team that... I think kind of outperformed, overperformed early. They really fell back, yeah. back down to earth when the game started to mean something. They, in on August 11th, were in first place. Yeah. And then I think lost somewhere like 30 was, or 40 games. That was a pretty weak, you'd have to admit, that was a pretty weak year for the NL East. It was, the Braves, uh, <laughs> the Braves were very fortunate that a team didn't pull away early. That they were yeah. still just hovering, hovering, and were able to make their move late. But also, I mean, very lucky, but deserving I think they went through they the did. you know the rebuild they went through their GM getting kicked out of the league forever <laughs> yeah. for some bad, bad boy lifetime ban yeah. Woo. only a couple dudes have that I, and he's one of them <laughs> I think they're going to be I mean the Braves are going to be they weren't supposed to do anything last no, year but they're in the mix for sure the Nationals are waiting to see what happens here I mean the Mets are just a disaster it seems like I'll say this if Harper resigns with the Nats the Nats are not the favorite for the East if Harper signs with the Phillies, the Phillies are the favorite. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. The Braves are going to be in the hunt. The, the Mets seem like a mess right now, and the Marlins are just Well, the comedy. Mets are just a bunch of old guys that they're trying to keep healthy. And DeGrom. And DeGrom, who's the best. He's got to get out. I hate saying demanding trades, but come on, dude. They're all in, man. They're trying to win this year. The Diaz trade was huge. I Yeah, it was. I just don't. The Braves were trying to get him. I mean, everybody was trying to get him. I don't see the... If Harper goes to the Phillies, the Mets are, at best, third team. Well, I think everybody right now is picking the Braves fourth, Mets third. I, Phillies, I, Nats. I, 
Yeah. First and second. I yeah. think the I put the Braves at two or three. For I sure. put them at number one. I know you but that's do. That's just me. I know, that's I just... know you do, but I think the Braves are going to compete. Well, Machado sets the market. Roger Federer money. It's sad. <laughs> I it's, it's sad that a guy like that has to be the one. Yeah. Like really, yeah. just run to first base. It's not that hard. Well, we're getting ready for spring training. Any other stories you're looking at? I mean, I know the Yankees have done a complete overhaul. Their their bullpen's looking a little nice now. I really don't want the Astros to be much of anything, but I feel yeah. like they're going to continue to push the They've got players with experience, man. I'm looking forward to the Rays, honestly. See what the Rays do. AL East is going to be interesting. They had a really good year last year. They were. Talk about a team that was expected to be nothing. A lot Same of record as the Braves at the end of the year. Same record as the Braves. And they, yeah, they couldn't get a sniff of the playoffs. <laughs> no, not even close. Yeah, a lot of people had them maybe bottoming out worse in the league, and then they were right there. I mean, they employed that uh, the bullpen pitching every fifth day. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more of that, which is uh, a fascinating approach. I'm uh, I'm a little I don't want to say hesitant about the Indians, but I like our rotation. This Linder yeah. injury sucks. Well, they they kept Kluber. You know, so happy. Suck it, Dodger fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> every the day. Braves were trying to get him too, man. That's the thing. Yeah. Everybody thought Kluber was going to go. But I think the Indians still feel like they have a good team. What did you think about that uh, Trevor Bauer story that came out today? Oh, He's man. he might be a sociopath, right? Definitely, one hundred percent is. Yeah, I'll just I'll say my piece about arbitration, right? He's he took it as a personal character <laughs> yeah. assassination. Character assassination. What is? What do you think arbitration <laughs> is? It, both sides arguing why yeah. you should or shouldn't have this money. It's going to get personal. <laughs> it's about you. And the story today about what he looks for in a relationship. I think the guy's crazy, and and maybe that works. Maybe pitchers are that position that you kind of need to be a little off. But I think the rotation one to five is as good as anybody's in baseball, top to bottom. The question is going to be if they have enough bats. But luckily, that AL Central looks just as oh, bad man. as it did. Oh, every year it feels like now. The Twins are just eh. The the Tigers haven't really. I don't know what their rebuild plan is. They don't have one. Their rebuild plan is to pay off the contract. Were the Royals? Make, that's <laughs> that's rebuild the rebuild plan. plan. Just pay it off. Were the Royals dead last in baseball? That was my prediction. I think it's either them or the Marlins were pretty much near the bottom of the barrel last year. Yeah. Well, the Marlins, I think, beat up on the Phillies late in the season, so they may, <laughs> yeah. they may have inched ahead. Yeah, Royals, I mean, they bought them out fast. Not so. Well, they well, sold out. They sold out for the for the title. Those Those two years, basically. That's Are, baseball. That's baseball. I'm uh, I'm really interesting. I'm really interested to see what that AOS looks like because we mentioned the Astros, the Angels. Poor Mike Trout just getting oh, his man. prime wasted. But they've got some pieces. Otani, if he could stay healthy, hitting this year. I mean, it's a story in itself, man. Otani's great. Every year we do this thing with the Mariners where we're like, it's great. They're making their move. It's oh, time for the, the playoffs. They'll push for a wild card spot. <laughs> I know it. They totally will. Every year, man. And the A's are another one where, I mean, the A's every year, we, we never know. We, we downplay him. I like Chris Davis getting that contract. He was a stud last year. He was great, man. He was a mansion home run. I think that's the division to kind of look at. And I think the best way to put a bow on this baseball talk is, were you surprised at all that Kyler Murray picked football over the Oakland Athletics? Not. I mean, I was surprised that he did it so quickly. And surprised by the way he was so in to football. Because he had spent the whole winter talking about how he was going to play baseball. And then... Money talks. It does. And when... But I feel like you have a... It, it, obviously, it's harder to make it to the major leagues, I think, than the mm -hmm. NFL. Mm -hmm. Just because there's so many players and so many leagues and so many dudes. Uh, I think... It just seems like you have a more... More career longevity if you play baseball. It's fair. It's fair, but more opportunity to make money. Here's where the comparisons to guys like Jeff Samarja don't really hold weight. Quarterback's a different beast, and if yep. you're graded out to be a first round quarterback, which in a lot of cases isn't funny how the second he says he's playing football full time, now he now he's getting first round grades. Teams are like, oh no, there are some deals under the table like, hey, commit to football. Oh, that that's like I think 15 mil guaranteed roughly. So that's Big in the money. bank. So that's in the bank right away. And a starting quarterback, I think, could have more longevity if you succeed. Now, the, the you, you have to be, be able a to Pat perform. Mahomes, dude. You got you got to be a Pat Mahomes, not a uh, RG three. You know? Russ Russ is another one, and Baker's looked good so Russ, far to Baker's start been out. Good, yeah. The game's changing, and I think it does help him because yeah, everyone's going to talk size, and he's not very tall. But you're not 
getting beat up as much. He's going to have to adjust. He's going to have to not run as much. But when, when he got drafted in the top 10, I remember, I remember a lot of baseball people saying, well, that's a little high for him. Yeah. And as an outfielder, it is harder not just to make it, but to get to that life-changing money. Yeah, It's a very long, hard journey. It is. It is. Maybe he's thinking, okay, I could ride minor league buses in Dubuque, Iowa next year. Yeah. Or, or I, I could have 15 <laughs> mil in the bank. Yeah. And be a starter. Or at the very yeah. least, learning under somebody. Here's the thing, though, Mitch. I got a question for you. Okay. All right. Why not play both? Bo Jackson, Dion style. Why not try? Could it happen in this day and age? Like, we, we all saw the 30 for 30 on Dion and, and that whole yeah. thing. Bo Jackson did it the way. Here's what I think. Bo did it the only way that I think is possible today. I think it has to be baseball one and then football after. Yeah, because or, it's still early in the season. Or football one and baseball after where you're just, essentially you're just going to leave one sport when the other starts. But I like what Dion did. He came back and played in the playoffs. I think that's messy. There's no way that could – I say that I don't think there's any way that works for a quarterback. <laughs> if you just show up that's or the point. game yeah. plan. And yeah. it's a, You said it's a different beast, man. I would say if you can – if you sign a part-time deal, and even then quarterback's messy. But I think if you have a, if you have a skill like in the receiver positions, corner positions like Dion, maybe yeah. running back, you could do a part-time deal. Yeah. I don't know if he's that good. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, we'd have to see with baseball. It's I don't know harder if he's that to... good at either. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. He was a stud last year. I wouldn't have voted for him for Heisman. I've, I've been over this. I think competition <laughs> matters. Again. I think competition matters, but he is a stud. And it's always a, a hotly contested debate. And at the end of the day, I just I do think he loved football more. Cause yeah, deep down, only he knows what he what To he do really it this felt. quick, to me, means that that was part of the factor, too. That he just liked playing football more. Because I do think if he loved baseball more, he's drawn this process out. Do you think it was a last-second decision or something he knew during the football season? I think it's something he learned as football season kept going and going, and he started tearing it up, wins the Heisman, has people in his ear saying, you're NFL-level good. Yeah. I don't think... I mean, First round good. 15 mil good. That's automatic. That clears. And he got to keep a lot of that baseball signing bonus, so... Tough luck, Billy Bean. Money, yeah, money ball sorry, fail, Billy. Money ball <laughs> failed you there. All right, Ian Dunn, Panda, Money Mitch Effect. Let's talk a little tennis because yeah, we have to. Since we have it, it's the last time we chatted. It's the return of Novak Djokovic Cyborg. Yeah, man. It's kind of depressing. Like it's impressive, but it's depressing to watch what he's doing to everybody. Impressive for sure, and depressing absolutely. It's. I've never seen anyone play tennis like that. Have you ever seen anyone just beat the living crap out of Nadal? Just never. incredible Hulk style, smash him on the ground repeatedly. Not even close, man. Not that's the that's the most I've ever seen Nadal throttled. Ever. The look that he had, I remember that look. It's Federer's look when Nadal was beating him yeah. when he first yeah. came up, like and that's five love and one or something. When he had no answers, when he had, there's nothing he could do. I w- I will say that Nadal did look like he wasn't moving as well. That might be age, that might be an injury thing, but he could have been peak Nadal running all over the place. He's not beating Joker. Like He's not beating Joker that day, even if he was in his best shape. That's his MO though, man. He doesn't really finish a lot of hardcore mm-hmm. tournaments. He did look super impressive against everybody else. Yeah. And it's why you can't really go it, it, in that rivalry, I think when you're at the best of the best, you can't compare scores. You can't yeah. be like, Well, he Nadal's killing everyone, Joker might not be winning by the margin. Joker gets up for that matchup. Every time. I remember, I mean, just watching that match, I mean, I think Paul Anacombe put it best where he's like, there's nobody better at just changing the direction of a rally. Yeah. They go cross court, he can just go, I'm going to go up the line now. Every time, man. He's Gumby out there, man. The balls he gets to is, like, unreal. I'll say this, too. He beat Nadal at the French. Nadal wasn't at his best, but he beat him. At the French. Straight sets. At the French. Straight sets. He did. Didn't win it that year. That's what's crazy about it. He beat Nadal and didn't win it. If we're <laughs> if we're talking like best tennis seasons ever, that 2015 is right up there. Where yeah. Joker, he lost to, I think it was Karlovic, the first tournament of the year. Then every other loss he had all year was in the final of a tournament. Yeah, really good. I liked Fed 17 too, man. Of the recent years, that was I'm gonna, I'm gonna the put first it, half, dude. at least the first yeah, half. Yeah, but you got to go full year. And, and not playing is going to hurt him in my book in that all-time. Yeah. I put, I think, 06, 06 would be the year, one. Man. Yeah, Macro 84, we were talking about that. That's up there. He had three losses all year. Labor. I mean, Labor. how can you beat yeah. the... There's a lot. There's a lot. 
Uh, but Djokovic looks looks unbelievable he's right back. now, and oh, you think he's back, my man. Think he's won the last three he majors. He is back. Um, I don't know what's going to happen at the French. I, I'm I'm not ready to say Nadal just murders the competition. Is it crazy to say that? It, I think it's still far away. We still have some time. Murders the competition. Look, everyone's going to make him the favorite, deservedly show to yeah. win. But Djokovic is in this tournament. He's not. I don't think he's. Two, two, and twoing him. No, no, no. I don't. Which is what he's been doing to everybody else. That's an interesting point. I think there's a lot of tennis to be played, but all of that tennis is probably going to be won by Nadal leading up to the French. So let me ask you this question, and it involves Federer now playing the French Open. Yeah, we got some hardcore tournaments that we're going to touch on, but Djokovic too, and Nadal. You think they? You think you think they're going to play? I know Federer put him out like he wants to play one tournament and then. The French Open. Djokovic and Dahl, are they going to play every single tournament? Strategically. These guys are in their 30s. Yeah. P- pushing mid-30s now. Look what Fed did and it worked for him. Take some time off. Don't play. Don't be a Dominic team and play every single week. Nadal, if he's healthy and if he's feeling great, wants to play every week. I get he it. Wants to win, he wants to wake up and win every single day of his life, dude. Yeah. That's it. That's all he does. He wants to win not just matches, every single point. I don't know if Djokovic should play every tournament. No, I'm going no, to say a couple, need to. play Nadal. If you beat him, immediately pull out of every other tournament. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. rattle him. Have, play the Serena calendar, man. Play six tournaments a year. Do you think Fed on clay is going to be an interesting watch? I think he could lose early in the first tournament. So he's going to do it before the last Masters. So I think because it'll be his first match on clay in a while. I'm you sure think he might play two Masters if he loses early at one? I think he will. So he doesn't play, well, refresh there, Barcelona's first, the 500? 500. 500. That, Nadal will be there. He's not going to play Barcelona. Monte Car- Wait, I think it goes Monte Carlo first. Yeah. Barcelona 500, then Madrid and Rome. Yeah. So I think he'll do Monte Carlo. He'll do Monte Carlo to start, probably. You, you think? think? I don't know, man. I think he goes Madrid, and if he loses early, he plays Rome. I don't see him doing back to back weeks. So I think Only if he loses early, though. He likes Monte Carlo. Rich people like Monte Carlo. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a fun uh, place to be. Joker lives there. Hang out in Monaco, you know. Hotel de Paris. What's not to like? What's not to like? What's <laughs> there to on, lose? Dude. What's there to uh, lose? <laughs> I think that's going to be a fascinating calendar to look at, what these guys play. Because yeah. I don't know that Djokovic doesn't need this. He's got all these points. He's not defending clay points. I mean, really. How about the return of Delpo and Delray, man? It'll be good. It'll be good to see what he has to offer. He made the, the final of the U.S. Open. Really wanted him to win that one. Uh, we were all rooting for him. I think even Joker was rooting for him a little bit. When he beat the way, him. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. rooting for him. Rooting for him, but him. crushing him. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him do pretty well there. But Fan favorite, man. I, I could have, after the 09 U.S. Open, I could have hated Delpo for what he did. I know, the same way. And, same and way. you know what? I don't. No. I love the guy. He, he's come back from everything. He's so fun to watch. That forehand is maybe the best forehand of all time. It's up there. It's really, really I mean, fastest, probably. Well, you look at the ATP, like the the Sunshine Double, as they say, these two hard court yeah. tournaments. Delpo and Isner won them last year. Pretty open. Oh, I forgot Isner. Isner won Zverev, Miami. Oh. Hey, he went Delpo Zverev. Wasn't Miami? He he went into Miami with only one match win, Isner, mm-hmm. and then won the tournament. Hey, Jack Sock winning Paris had the biggest Ooh. break of a draw ever. Ooh. Isner actually had to go through some people. So I'll, I'll I'll give him his due on that one. So when Sock won Paris, he beat Filip Krajinovic. Mm-hmm. If I told you Krajinovic was rate, ranked so much higher than Sock, would you have believed me at the time? I mean, it, it would have been crazy to think. Crazy to think what happened to the best doubles <laughs> player in the world. That, <laughs> that doesn't even like playing doubles. No. No. Don't want to talk too much about that. No, guy. God, no, no. But no, I think these, these tournaments are pretty open on the men's and the women's side because... No. I mean, it's a good point. It's a good time to talk about what's happening in the women's game. Man, a lot is happening. The drama is is enticing because what I thought we would be talking about now is Naomi Osaka being yeah, the emergence of a true star, back to back majors, beast. But we forget that this is a twenty one year old. She's young. That might be emotionally on edge at times. Look what's happened to the last few women that have broken through and made a final or won a slam. Bouchard, I thought she Muguruza, broke the trend I mean, though because she went back to back and none of them, true, yeah, really even, even came close to going back to back. 
Sloan went almost went two out of three losing in the French Open final after her yeah. U.S. Open. But this coaching thing's got me a little perturbed by how she's handling it. And we know there's stuff out there. We're not yep. sure why they broke up. But they broke up. It happens. And to signal out Osaka would be ridiculous because this is what the WTA is. That's People all it firing is. It's a, it's a carousel. It truly is a coaching carousel. I don't think Osaka has a lot of experience ripping the Band-Aid off and moving on. I think there's part of her that's... She said in her press conference today, like, she doesn't even she really cried. know. She cried in the press conference. She cried. It was weird. And she said she doesn't even really know, like, what drills to do. She's, like, told what to do. It's not good, man. I mean, maybe obviously there was something there to break them up. We don't know the ins and outs. I think her game is the best in the world. Yeah. And good enough to get her through some of the time. She beat a pretty good Serena Williams at the U.S. Open. And handled all that adversity. She went Aussie Open. She went through a pretty solid uh, Svitolina. She couldn't lose. It, what was it? Svitolina, Pliskova, Kvitova. That's couldn't pretty good. Lose, could not That's pretty lose. good. She almost, I mean, she almost blew the Kvitova match and then bounced back. How many WTA players, when they blow it, serving for the match in the second set, would yeah. just crumble in the third? Well, if you remember, Osaka did that against Keys at the Australian Open a few I years ago with the when. scream. Way back when. And, and melted down. And, you know, maybe she's learned from that. She is young, but it'd be great to see another champion come in and usurp Serena. She's going to lose the number one ranking probably at Indian Wells if she doesn't win the tournament. Yeah. But then she has a chance to gain it right back because she lost early at Miami. French is going to be fun. I think Halep's going to be a force. And I'm so happy that Kvitova's back. All she's went, All she's went through. And not really. We talked about this. No, no drama with her. Not at all. If anybody has an excuse to play the drama card, it's her. And she just goes out there, plays. Yep, hits the ball. Was like top three or four match it. wins last year. Finals right. of the Aussie Open. Number two in the world. Yeah. Pretty cool to see. I'm excited for the for these hardcore tournaments and the French Open because we've reached that point where we were waiting where anything can happen. And finally, you're starting to see some consistency at the top. It's, it's open. There's about five or six players that have separated themselves. Yeah. Still it's going to be some, a fun ride, man. Still some that we kind of want to see more from. A lot of tennis left to be played <laughs> this year, my friend. It's, it's, it's always fun. I, I look at that Indian Wells tournament, and I think, at the very least, it could set you up for a very successful season. We know that it doesn't mean you're going to win a major, yeah. but look who won it last year, Osaka and Delpo. <laughs> Pretty good years. I would say so. You know, Miami was what, Isner and uh, who won Sloan? Zverev. Oh, yeah, Sloan. sorry. Yeah, Sloan and the women's. I mean, Sloan followed that up going to the French final, doing pretty solid throughout. Isner, point, Isner yeah. gets to London for the, the first time pad. in his career. Yeah. We'll see. Launching pad. What else are we going to talk about? Well, we're almost we're going to wrap this up in a second, but I wanted to mention I wanted to mention if you had been following this Anthony Davis thing. <laughs> so I'm is, not there a, <laughs> is there a league? I like basketball. I get flack from people that are NBA lifers that are just like, oh, you hate on the NBA. I like basketball. I like pro basketball better than college. Yeah. But how could you not see what's going on in the NBA and think this is just utterly ridiculous? The entire league hates where they're at and wants to move. Yeah. And they go about it with some of the worst PR advice of trying to ask for trades, trying to get out of contracts that they signed. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the NFL is trying to hire Adam Silver. I don't know what that. I, that okay, I don't that. You know when people leak stuff that's not true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That could be it. Uh, the, the Anthony Davis stuff, man, it, it reminds me a lot of the decision when LeBron was leaving. Right, but but everybody realized well after the fact that was a mistake. Yeah. How, how are we repeating that? when At the time, it's like, okay, maybe it wasn't a good idea. Okay, History we didn't repeats know. itself, man. This thing with Rich Paul... And I've mentioned it before, his agent, the clutch sports agency that LeBron is a business partner in, yeah. that he trades for Ben Simmons to be on his all-star team with, where it's Tamper City at the all-star game in that locker room. Tampering. Everybody on that roster of players that he represents has, wait for it, different needs, different desires. No. They're at different stages of their career. So yeah, you sure? LeBron <laughs> wants to win now because he's 34. I get it. Win now yeah. mode. Anthony Davis is, what, 25, 26? Still so young, man. He's going to hit his peak years when this contract ends. I just, I don't, when he said, when he left the game early, MRI left his team, went to All-Star Weekend, and when he said those words, 
after scoring three points, looked like nobody wanted to play tonight. I mean, if he's what's what happens if he's on the '90s Knicks? There's a brawl in the locker room. Oh, Oakley yeah, and Anthony over and Mason over just beat the living tar out of him. I I, uh, I don't get it. I don't get how he thinks and how this advice can be thought to be good. How he can help a situation. We all know what would have happened. He waits till the summer. He has this conversation behind closed doors. He probably gets dealt that summer, and he's onward and upward. But that's not the NBA in 2019, though. This Kyrie Irving stuff too. Like it's just everybody wants out. Ask me in June. <laughs> Ask me, me in June. I, I don't. I, <laughs> I will. I will players, ask you. Hey man, it's the player empowerment era. It's they're running it. Yeah. Like, but we get. Don't you just don't you just love when there's an overcorrection? It's like oh the, owner, the owners have too much power. Okay, cool. What's the what? You know what our solution is going to be? We're just going to let the players do yeah. everything. Tampering's the solution. Like Chris Paul magically just two years ago knew that he wanted to get traded to Houston. Do you think Anthony Davis thought he was going to get traded? Like, did he think that was going to work? Or were they just trying well, to screw the about, Lakers? Like, well, I don't understand what... How about the nugget of every team's on my list? All 20 yeah, teams yeah. on my list. That was a good one. I uh, I don't I don't know that he thought... I, I think he did think that if he forced his hand, they'd be like, oh, we got to trade at the Lakers. Other other point, Magic Johnson's not very good at this GM thing. No. <laughs> he really isn't, man. I mean, what? <laughs> he, publicly, he publicly is listing his offer. Which case? <laughs> stop, just stop there. Just stop there. Which case? <laughs> if you don't trade these guys, obviously that's they're already gonna, ridiculous. Obviously they're going to hate. They're going to be walking on eggshells. Their confidence is shattered. Lakers know, were man. trading players to try to get Anthony Davis. I mean, the problem with that whole the, the problem with trading the way the whole team is. See, this is what I don't understand. For the for the Pel, for the Pelican side of things. Yeah, you're gonna wait till the off till the off season when you can have better offers, and Boston can maybe offer something more when you have other other deals on the table. Doesn't want to go to Boston, but the Lakers. How does trading for midseason help you win right away? It doesn't for a 500 team. You're gonna trade everybody on your team that's pretty much a big rotation piece. LeBron can't play. LeBron's 34. He's been injured this year. He's clearly trying to conserve some energy for the playoffs. You're not going to make a run this year. Okay, you're building for the future. Why not just wait till the summer anyway? You're uh, not going to win this year. Maybe they thought that the Celtics would have a better chance in the offseason and they would try to jump the gun. <laughs> but in all of this, I'm still... What was Anthony Davis thinking? I, he doesn't want to compete either is the other thing. This Pelicans team should not be that bad. They, they shouldn't. Shave the unibrow, bro. <laughs> Can you imagine the Lakers don't make the playoffs? I said I said early in the season when they went on their first run, I was like, Lakers are not going to be under 500 the rest of the season. <laughs> and boy, was I wrong. I had our friend make a bet that they would be the five seed in January. In January. When they were wow. the seven or the eighth seed. What else does your buddy want to bet on? I know. I, after the Hawks game, I'm like, let's settle it. Let's settle it right now. I'll never bring this up again. That was, no, didn't want to do it. And here you go. And yeah. Uh, I, I just think it could be. It could be catastrophic. Luke Walton's not surviving this season. He might, yeah, he might not survive another week, dude. We're in this poor like, guy. He's, not, he's a nice dude. And the other, the other thing I just want to touch on before we wrap this with uh, Durant and people getting upset with like the media and and even LeBron to some extent, Kyrie. Yeah, you signed one year deals to have all this leverage. We're going to ask you about <laughs> People are going to ask you where you're going to go. If you don't want that to happen, sign a long-term deal. I get why they do it. It makes business sense. It makes sense for the market. But, okay, we're going to speculate. Ask me in June. Dude, okay, it's dude. only a couple months away. <laughs> I Yeah. The Warriors three-peat, and then hopefully it breaks up a little bit and you get some competition. Everyone's talking Knicks, though. As long as Melo doesn't go to the Lakers... We'll is there we'll anybody who think that's good for a basketball perspective? Mello no doesn't even think team. it's good. Mello on your team. Come on. One thing um, before, I want to get your uh, I want to get your predictions for baseball. Baseball. Okay. World Series or all divisions? How are we going to do this? World Series. Okay. And division winners. World Series. <laughs> the, way, wanna, the way too early. I know the way too early. I'll say divisions. Divisions. I'll go. Indians, Yankees, Red Sox wild card, Astros. The other wild card will be 
Mariners? No. I'll, I'll put. I'll put. I'll put uh, the Angels. I want to see them push for a wild card you spot. You think, dude? Yeah. You think? Way too early. Trout. Way too early. I, I'll, I'll say that they can maybe push for a wild card spot. That it's that second me. wild card. I mean, what are yeah. we really? I mean, maybe Rays, but I'm not ready to say Rays just yet. I should say if, if I was a Phillies fan, which I'm not and never will be, mm-hmm. I would wait for Trout. Mm. Wow. Why go after Bryce when you can have Here's the guy that, that's from Jersey that wants to be on the Phillies? You know what happens? We've played this game throughout history. You know what happens? The team from New York comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and Trout's the Yankee, and then yep. we all hate everything about it. You're right. Who's your World Series? NL. i got to do NL. Then the other five oh, in the yeah. NL, I'm going to say, will be the... Braves? I agree. I'll go. <laughs> I'm going to say the Phillies are going to win that division. Wow. Okay. Phillies... Cardinals. I knew you were going to say Cardinals. Dodgers again. Yeah. I think the Cubs get a wild card, and I'll throw your Braves in that second spot. Nice. I'll take it. I just want to play in the, the playoffs. NL West, I don't. It's a wild West. I don't know if a second team makes it this year. I'm still not. They're all just kind of like. I don't believe in the Rockies. No. I'm used to. I, I picked them the year they made the playoffs to do it, but they haven't really improved. Diamondbacks. Yeah. With with losing Paul, that hurts, and that's why I picked it. Yeah. So my World Series, I will say, I, I unfortunately think the Yankees are going to go oh. and probably win the whole thing by beating the Cardinals. Yankees Cardinals be a good one. I like that, dude. I like be that. Fun, something different. Yankees, what about Cardinals. you? So in the AL, I'll go. I think Boston wins the East again. Okay. Indians. I don't think anybody else in that division wins over eighty games. Okay. Uh, Stros. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Mariners wild card. Okay. Rays wild card. Wow. So no Yankees in the playoffs? Oh, Yankees. Sorry. Yankees over Rays. Yankees over Rays. No, you're right. You're right. 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 I thought I said Yankees. You could put both in. Three have made it from the same division. I don't know. Okay. I like the Rays, dude. I like what they're doing. Yeah. Mariners making the end of the draft. I would say Rays or Mariners. In NL? Oof. I'm going to skip the East. I'll save that okay. for last. Okay, all right. Central. I didn't put the Cubs in the playoffs. I, I was just thinking that. I, I think they're going to win the Central. Okay, that's, yeah. Not bad. West. Doyers. Okay, of course, yeah. Too much talent on that team. Still. Tale as old as time, dude. Okay. East. Yeah. Phillies. Okay. Two wildcard teams. Braves. Okay. Obviously. We we're in agreement on that. Two NL East Braves teams. Braves wildcard. Sure. Brewers. Brewers. Brew yeah. Crew. The NL Central is going to be fascinating. The Brewers, can Brew they crew. back it up too? I think the Cardinals will be better also. World Series. Oof. Don't put the Dodgers in again. No, no, no. They're, they're not going. They're not going to become the Bills. Don't worry. With the, <laughs> the Cubs? Don't worry, bro. Cubs going back? Some people may call me crazy. They're going to say the Braves. I was <laughs> I'll give you one with the Braves just so when it happens, I'll feel okay. good. Yeah, do it. Braves socks. Mm. We haven't seen that one, have we? I don't think so. Not in our lifetime. And the Braves used to play in Boston. Boston Braves. Boston Bean Eaters. So Braves winning the whole thing? Braves tight six games. Wild card two. It's happened before. It'll happen yeah. again. All right. Hopefully there's no infield fly rule in that wild card game. Oh, you had to. <laughs> I mean, come on. Me and my was... dad still talk about that, man. Oh. He doesn't root for the Braves, does he? Is he oh, big the Braves, Braves oh, he does. Okay. Doesn't root for the Buccaneers. Okay. You, yeah, you don't root for all the same teams. No. Just the Braves. Probably not a big Jameis Winston guy. <laughs> not as big as me. Famous Jameis, baby. QB Whisperer. Can he fix the most broken quarterback? Temple made. B.A. Temple, Temple made. All right, Ian Dunn, Panda, this was fun. We'll do this again at some point, maybe around Indian Wells. Yes, Mitch. Circle Thanks back. for having me on, dude. Always fun. Huge thanks again to Ian Dunn. You're going to have to ask him why he got the nickname Panda. He's the only one that can explain that story. Ian Dunn, thanks again talking to him. We're going to be chatting more about tennis and baseball into the spring, into the summer. A lot on tap for both those sports. Cannot wait. All right, next up, we're going to talk Antonio Brown's situation with Tyler Tesson. Break down what is going on in Pittsburgh. Where will Brown end up if he's even going to get dealt anytime soon? 
talk about the Blues' 11-game win streak. Who's looking good in the NHL? Oveshkin continues to rise. And we also touched on the Tim Donahue betting scandal as well. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating, to say the least. Here's Tyler Tesson now on the Money Mitch Effect. All right, now on the Money Mitch Effect, back again after a long, lengthy break talk some football hockey some other sports stories my good buddy from st louis tyler Tesson. tyler thanks for joining the show thanks for having me mitch it's fun uh fun time of year to talk about stuff not going on in the actual games i know we're waiting for all this all the playoffs and the winter sports to pick up but i'm just sitting back just like a kid on christmas enjoying this steelers meltdown you had Le'Veon bell ben roethlisberger antonio brown who Looks like to me has gone a little bit off the deep end. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, absolutely. I saw Le'Veon Bell tweeted earlier that he was finally free, which you know, it's an interesting remark for somebody who gave up fourteen million dollars last year. Yeah, yeah, Just gave up the highest out. paid salary uh, of any highest paid contract of any pro football running back. But, yeah, I mean, before we talk about Brown, Brown and, and Bell and, and what the Steelers are going to look like, Tyler, I mean, they had arguably the best running back, not really arguably the best receiver, and a top six or seven quarterback for the last five or six years. I mean, to see it all go this way where none of they didn't win a championship together and it ended this badly, I don't think history is going to look too kindly on how the Steelers, uh, the Steelers, I would say dynasty, but the Steelers trio of all-stars kind of went out yeah and the other the real interesting thing about it too is that Tomlin you know he's kind of known as this great players coach and who knows where the issue is it sounds like it's more like ownership and the GM but still if they love playing for him you know I just I find it hard to believe that Brownie and Bell would have all these issues and want to sit out it's just, it's just there's something that there's a missing piece that I can't wait till one day it actually comes out on what the true issues are with the organization. To hear, and I, and we know how I feel about Ben Roethlisberger, uh, obviously on a, on a very deep level, but Brown has been going nuts in the media, things he said, things that he's done. How it went down the last game of the season where he essentially didn't practice <laughs> yeah. all week and then just said, oh, I'm playing today. Said, no, you're not playing, which is a reasonable thing to say to someone who wasn't there. And then he just went home. I, I think that yeah. – I don't know how these guys and, – and we could talk about other players that have done this, but how is he helping his value? How is he making teams want him more by acting like that and saying some of the things that he said? I just don't see how he thinks he's helping his situation. Yeah, not at all. And I, I give Tomlin credit for standing up to him and not letting him play. A lot of coaches would just let their star players walk all over them and, you know, know they need them to win the game. But, no, I agree. And I think, honestly, I think Bell hurt himself even more by Connor having such a great year. I think more people are going to look at it as it was just a great offense and a great line. And Bell was just, you know <laughs> – benefiting from that more i mean everyone knows he's talented but you know if he goes to a jets or somebody like that i'm not sure he, there's just no way he's putting up the same numbers yeah and for tomlin standing up to him i do give him credit for that though you do wonder like you kind of said earlier what the environment was like if it was you know just a little toxic and brown was able to get away with stuff to put that put himself in that position He's got three years left on his contract. That's the craziest thing. He puts this tw- he puts this tweet out saying, "Thanks for the memories. It's time for a new, a fresh start." He's got three years left on his deal. Like I think in his mind, he thinks he's actually a free agent. Some of those guys are just delusional. I just they just don't get it. You know, just like Bell, I think he didn't think they'd franchise him, and he fought it, and they end up doing it, and he sat out the whole year. And I don't think. I think everybody expected him to be back. You know, I think it was week 11 when if he wasn't back, he was going to have to forfeit everything. I don't think there was anybody that didn't see that. You know, they yeah. they thought he'd be back for sure just from the money standpoint. Yeah, and you hear that Bell, his offensive line was upset. They felt ambushed. But to hear with Brown, people attack his character, people that were in the locker room with them on the same team, that tells me more what your teammates think of you on that level. 
as much as I dislike yeah. the Steelers and as much as I don't want them to, to have success, I don't think they should play victim to whatever Brown wants to do in his demands. He has three years left on his deal. We can talk about what the conversation is going to be like for a player like Antonio Brown, a receiver that, as great as he is, is is on the other side of 30 looking at the downside of his career. But they have no need to rush this. Not now, not near the draft, free agency. I would play the long game and say, all right, you can sit at home. We'll trade you when we feel like it because he, they have all the leverage. He's got three years left on his deal. I don't think that they need to make any rash decisions and, and cater to what Brown wants. Yeah, and, you know, the interesting thing is usually the kind of the receivers that seem to cause a lot of problems in the locker room, they, you know, they don't end up getting the money that they think they are worth, and there just isn't the market out there. Like, you know, I know Des Bryant, you know, definitely older and not as good as Brown, but he went to the free agent market thinking he was just going to clean house and nobody even wanted the guy. It was just, you know, I think, Brown's going to have a rude awakening when he gets to the market. Somebody, if he does, he gets cut, that is. So I think somebody will sign him, but I don't think it's going to be the dollar amount that he's expecting. I think the same thing for Bell. I think it's funny that most of these receivers that demand trades, they usually want the ball, right? Like they haven't been getting it. He can't really make that complaint. He's led the league in like all these categories. So it's not a volume share thing. I think he's just tired of his scenario, but you know, Amari Cooper went for a first-round pick. The only way I, I see Brown being a huge haul for somebody is if the Steelers follow suit to the Raiders and make a trade early in the season next year, preseason, early season, when a team is desperate like Dallas was last year. I just I don't I don't know yeah. that you get multiple picks, a first, but not much more than that. I mean, even that's kind of stretching thin. I just don't know. It's not a quarterback. You know, it might not even be a running back in that in that grand scheme of things, but it's not that impact player that the supply is not there. I don't think you need to get a player like Antonio Brown for what it's going to cost. And just looking around the league, like what good team is going to give up that first round pick or second round pick for him? Like it's going to be you know a team that's not even in contention for the playoff. I think that he's end up going to go to, which I think would be even better. Yeah, I mean, that's where Brown and Nathan Bell are probably going to end up. It's just a, it's a mess right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating. I just don't think this is going to end anytime soon. I know he said he met with the owner. Uh, but we haven't, heard, we haven't heard the Steelers say anything that agrees with Antonio Brown. He says he had a good conversation with the owner. They're ready to move on. The Steelers have a press release that says we're not going to make it just any deal. We're going to wait as long as we have to. I think this is going to get a lot messier before it gets cleaner here and uh, Brown has a fresh start. Yeah. How great would it be for you to see Brown in uh, a Browns uniform next year? Well, it, it, yeah, along with Kareem Hunt, we're just bringing everybody in that, uh, <laughs> that has questionable character issues. Yeah, I would say Bell, too, but I don't think they need him. Yeah, yeah, not at this point. I, I did want to mention the Kareem Hunt thing because I don't think I've commented on it yet. This is a clear rehabilitation, and I know that the Browns are going to eat the PR bullet as deservedly so. This is the risk you take when you bring a guy in like this. But he was a beast. We all know that. He's going to miss probably half the season. And if all goes well for both sides, he's not going to be around next year. He's going to get that big contract he wants somewhere else because I don't think Cleveland gives it to him. This is uh, what they would call rehab, uh, a rehab stint in baseball. I think that's pretty clear what it is. It's, uh, I think low risk would be the best way I'd put it. Yeah. Yeah. I, with his age and, you know, the tape was terrible. I, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that, but for someone so young and so talented, it's just, it's the NFL. Somebody's going to take a chance on them. You know, I think the Ray Rice one was just completely different. The tape was obviously worse, but you've got a running back who's at 30 at the end of their career. There's just, there's not much upside you're going to get from him from a production standpoint. So the hot one, it's just completely different. And if you're a team like the Browns, I mean, I don't agree with anything the guy's done, but, you know, I'm all for second chances. So it doesn't surprise me. It wasn't a big deal by any means for them. So it's pretty risky. Not, it's low risk. They can just cut them if something happens again. Yeah, and Dorsey vouching for him based on having drafted him in Kansas City. So – You'd like to think that he knows a little more than most people, but we'll see what happens there. 
Uh, before we move on to another sport, I, I do want to ask you this question. Do you think Elway is trying to sign every mediocre bad quarterback in the league? Because he's pretty much gotten them all at that one way or another. It's unbelievable. It really is. Like, what do you do? I guess you keep Case Keenum at this point, you know, just ride with both. It's just, I just I, Flacco was, seemed to yeah. work for Baltimore in the system, but uh, maybe it'll work, but I just don't see it. I, I don't know. There's two, there's two sides of it. Yeah. I, I don't see it either. Um, there's two sides of it. One being, Whiffing on Paxton Lynch doesn't get enough press, enough flack, as I think it should. He was the biggest bust probably in the last 10 years at that quarterback position. I mean, it was it was terrible where they took him and what they, what they got out of him, which was basically nothing. And the other thing is, the sad thing for Broncos fans, they're not that far away. If they had some, sta- if they had some stability at the quarterback position, they have a really good defense. Peyton Lindsey was a great running back, made the Pro Bowl last year as an undrafted player, but... Yeah, they just can't get the quarterback position right, and it's crazy to think that Elway. I mean, it's basically it proves that maybe if you play the game at a high level, you don't know enough about scouting, and, and there is an inverse correlation in some cases. Yeah, and I know they haven't released officially what the trade is, so I think that's going to – who knows what they gave up, but I doubt it was just a fifth-round pick or something. You know, I think that's going to be an important piece to it as well. It's crazy. Crazy to see. Well, the NFL rolls on, combines coming up, free agency and the draft will be following. We'll be all paying attention as I still chat with Tyler Tesla on the Money Mitch effect. I want to switch, talk a little hockey right now. We're getting ready for that trade deadline. You were at the Blues game the other night, and, and your hometown team's doing unbelievably well. Best in franchise history, 11 straight wins. I got to I gotta be perfectly honest. I follow the sport pretty regularly. Had no idea this was even possible. Was this out of left field for you, too? I mean, I can't think of the fan base about a month or two ago thinking that this would be possible. Yeah, I I pretty much rode the team off about two months ago. It was from just watching it, you couldn't think it could get absolutely any worse. I mean, the team couldn't do anything. I, th- I went to a game earlier in the year, and it was probably one of the worst NHL games I went to. I think they lost 9-1. to <laughs> It was just like... The team just couldn't do anything right. I mean, you could just tell there were issues in the locker room. They had injury issues. Allen wasn't playing well. And, you know, the team was just an absolute mess. And yeah, fighting in practice, really, too. I mean, it's, yeah. And, you know, they get rid of Yo. And it really didn't still turn around at that point. It's really once Bennington came up is really when things shifted. But it could have been part with you know, a new coach coming in and changing some things up, and it took some time to gel as well. But, you know, I think Bennington's 13-1-1 since he's uh, been up with the team, which is just absolutely insane. Yeah, the goalie change, the coach change, probably more so the goalie change, though, has been a difference. Ryan O'Reilly having a, just a career year. Um, but it's, yeah. back, it's back to basics with the Blues, and it's defense, and it's covering the whole ice. And, and yeah. you look at these games, and I, I mean – like most people, didn't really catch on following the Blues until about halfway through this streak, beating some good teams, Toronto last night, Tampa Bay in there. But they get a lead, and they don't give it up. And I know it's cliche to say with hockey, but there's so many lead changes in games throughout the course of the NHL. It's kind of crazy to see the Blues win or get a lead and then now expect them to just ride it out with the victory. Yeah, and another big thing that I think is a little bit under the radar is making the change, moving Tarasenko and O'Reilly on the same line with Shin. I mean, Tarasenko was just awful in the beginning of the year. I mean, there were people in St. Louis just wanting to get rid of him, like just thinking we don't know what to do. Let's just get rid of everybody on the team. And ever since they switched lines, he's just been on a tear. So that was that was a huge part. And last year the Blues started out extremely hot and then cooled off by the end. So – Hopefully they're you know they're catching fire and they can keep the momentum going to the playoffs. But I think the part I'm most optimistic about is yeah, Bron's out right now. When he gets back, it's going to help. And you know, a guy like Schwartz and Steen, they haven't done you know. I think both of them have like maybe five or six goals this year. So if they can get it going too and keep that first line going, I mean. They can be hitting all cylinders going into the playoffs. Yeah, you know how good it is in St. Louis when 
Jay Bowmeister's actually looking half not half bad. <laughs> I mean, it is funny. That's the one thing that's funny about the St. Louis Blues and the St. Louis Blues fans. There's always one player, and I guess you could say this with most teams, but definitely a, a, a true hockey market like St. Louis. There's always one player on these teams that just gets ragged on all the time. And for the Blues, it's usually a defenseman. Yeah, it's always a defense. Blues, it was Weidman for a long time. I'm trying to think of some of the. I mean, Brewer. even when Pronger was here, Brewer people hated sure. Pronger for a while. Oh, you yeah, got a, Brewer. Yeah, Brewer forgot about him. That, that was a great one. I, I and was, then he was the captain on top of it. <laughs> I was actually at a game when they did some in arena thing, and they're like, "All right, let's say let's go Blues at the end of it with the host on three. Let's give you, let's hear let's go Blues." And he said, "Trade Brewer." While Brewer is on the bench. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, Bo Meister's kind of been the guy. It's usually an inverse relationship with production and what their salary is, but it's good to see things It's good to see things turn around for the Blues. I'll tell you another thing, though, about the NHL. Tyler, I was at the uh, Kings game two nights ago, and they played the Capitals. Two power play Ovechkin yeah. goals. One of them was just right in my face. And it, I, I know he's got all these accolades, and it's, probably the greatest goal scorer ever definitely of his generation but it's something to see him set up in his office on the power play and just take those one-timers i mean we've watched a lot of hockey we know how good these guys are but there is absolutely nothing like him you know the he's got a great shot but i mean i think the part that's so unbelievable that's kind of reminiscent of hall is he just can find the open area to get such a clean shot off all the time like you know that's what makes the Gruid goal scores so good is they can just find that open ice and they just can anticipate where it's going to be before anybody else. Yeah, it was uh, the first one was just a bunch of give-and-goes setting up, kind of getting the goalie to move. And I'm telling you, the second one, the Kings defended it as good as you can. He beat the goalie far side. His ability to just turn his hips and snap it off. And much like Hall, using a stick that flexes a lot more than the average one you wonder how it doesn't break but <laughs> yeah another 40 goal season he's probably going to win the richard again i mean we're getting into that range where he's probably 50 50 maybe more to break gretzky's record if he gets if he has five more yeah. years he's probably going to do it yeah absolutely and he's got his cup now so yeah. <laughs> you know I, that was a huge step for him pressure's off he's at i think 649 goals now it's just it's incredible and and is in better shape which uh we know his lifestyle so it couldn't be much worse than before you know it's interesting too i think he's kind of overlooked a little bit since he's got crosby playing in the same era you know you think about it if crosby wasn't playing right now i mean people Mm -hmm. like there's just no one even in ovechkin's stratosphere from a talent standpoint yeah yeah, and I mean, this is another year where he's probably not going to be an MVP finalist. You have Kucherov in Tampa Bay. Kane's been on fire. Goudreau. I mean, maybe Ovechkin gets in there, but usually I think we reach this point with a lot of athletes, especially ones that dominate, that it's like, well, they have, he's got three MVPs. That's enough. Like, we know he can score goals. But everybody knows he's going to shoot and they can't stop him. I mean, that, that, that yeah, <laughs> there's not like he's catching anybody by surprise. So. Uh, I, I agree. I think the Crosby factor overshadows him. They're just so polar opposite. I was watching him, Crosby, play last week against the Flyers, and there's nobody like him. We've talked about this before, but to defend the way he does, I can't think of another superstar that's going to back check as hard as consistently block shots and then also just set up his teammates at will. Uh, the fact that him and Ovi are polar opposites also kind of adds another layer to their rivalry. Yeah, that makes it even better, and that they both just hate each other, too. <laughs> That's the first-round matchup right now. All props to the Islanders. If the Islanders win this division, we could get Caps-Pens first round. And I, I hate the, the new NHL playoff format. I'd rather just do a bracket. I don't know why we have to do this division thing. But I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Caps-Pens first round. Yeah, no, it'd be great. It, you know, it'll hurt for the later, having that great rivalry in the later rounds, but... Anytime you can get those two teams playing each other in the playoffs, it's going to be great. It's going to be hard to beat Tampa, though. I mean, that that team is – I know the Blues did it, but in a playoff series with how many lines that they can roll, the speed they have, it's going to be tough to beat them. Last year they were up 3-2. It was just the Capitals' year. They just were not going to lose that series. But I I don't know how you beat Tampa in the East as of yet unless they cool off here a little bit. 
there hands down the favorite right now. I just I don't know how anybody could bet against them going with just how well they've played all year. The Blues beat them, but yeah, you get in a seven-game series with them, it's going to be extremely challenging. Yeah, gotta gotta really love what the East has done this year. A lot more depth on the West, where it's just a comedy show at the end. I know the Blackhawks have kind of played into the playoffs, but it, it's been kind of rough following uh, the West. But all right, Tyler Tesla and Money Mitch effect. Before I let you go, I want to touch on a few other things. Did you come across the Tim Donahue story about him betting on the NBA and some more specifics that we kind of knew all along, but I think they got filled in? Did you come across that story? Yeah, I was reading up on it this morning, and yeah, it's kind of one of those where his story just sounded way, it just didn't make any sense at all, the story he's telling and the story told in his book, you know, that he just had a better idea on what was going on than anybody else. I mean, I think everybody knew that he was playing into it and he was making calls to make sure teams were covering and he was involved with bookies. It just, yeah, the story that came out today makes a lot more sense than the story he's been telling. The irony of him basically getting getting out and having the other guy get mad at him because he was promoting it in his, in his book as one way was kind of funny. We kind of figured this, but what got me was just the volume of it. Four years Every game that he was in, that guy said that there was action on the games, and he was succeeding at an 88% clip. If anybody knows sports betting, that is ridiculous. The 88% winner is just absurd. But what really, what really got me about it was how easy it would be to, to just fix these games, especially basketball, when it mentioned things like Iguodala was the best player on the Sixers, just two quick fouls in the third quarter, and you're more likely going to just let it play out. You know, how easy basketball could be to, right under your eyes, just not really know that it's happening, but to fix these games a little bit. And there's just so many, you know, subjective calls every game. And the last two minutes of a basketball game, it's just, you know, foul after foul after foul. And it's, I would just really be curious if this is everything, everything that came out today, if this is what the NBA knew when all this went to court or, you know, if they were still being, you know, I know they didn't believe in the regional story, but if they knew it was quite this bad, you know, when all this happened, because I would be surprised if he's the only one that was involved in something like this, if it was going at an 88% rate, if that's true, you know, like those guys are going to be reaching out to other refs to make sure they're getting some money. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty wild to think that, you know, this is brought up now. I do think the NBA knew a lot about pretty much all these details. With betting being legalized now in a lot of states outside of Vegas and, and more and more people, more and more state governments legalizing state betting, I don't think this is going to have the negative. I'm more of an optimist, but I don't think it's going to have the negative effect that some people might think because you know that people would have bet on this anyway. And if anything, having some regulations in place might make might make the teams in the league more aware of what's going on, what action's going on, and maybe to get out in front of it. I think that's the big thing. I, I don't, I'm not as naive to think that there's not going to be scams that are going to be going on, but I think it's a little easier to catch them now than in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly think legalizing it is going to help cut down. I think before there's just everybody was going through bookies and on the side and, you know, it was all under the table. And I think now with there's going to be a lot more visibility to it, more regulation around it. I think it'll help at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and certain leagues, I know the NHL is partnering with uh, a casino. The NFL starting to embrace it as well. I do think it'll help. Um, yeah, I think it'll just be regulated like just about anything. And you can kind of understand you don't have to go. People that are betting on the games don't have to go through the back channels to make bets. And everything's kind of out in the open. So. We'll see, but I'm excited to see what happens. It beats the it beats the hell out of talking about the NBA trade deadline and all that ridiculous drama with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could you imagine in I'm a hockey you, locker room if somebody was pulling what Anthony Davis did? I think there'd be a fight in practice. I know the Blues <laughs> fought and they were just losing. Well, then just how the teams reacted to is even better. They took them off the highlight video for their <laughs> pregame and just what they're coming out. It's just like first graders fighting and not knowing how to handle it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's a, it's a full meltdown mode out here because this could be LeBron missing the playoffs with the Lakers. I mean, that would be a catastrophic uh, situation. I wouldn't feel too good about – I don't usually know what teams are going to fire coaches, but I wouldn't feel too good about Luke Walton right now. Just a hunch there. Yeah, especially when uh, it's coming out that LeBron's not happy with you, your track record. You know, when that's happened in the past, he usually gets his leg. And you probably won't get another job ever after that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you know, maybe they'll bring in Tyron Lue to take his spot. I, that's funny. I honestly think that Magic Johnson, the only way he's getting somewhat of a pass is because he's Magic Johnson, Laker Hall of Famer, probably the best Laker ever. If it wasn't, if he wasn't yeah. Magic Johnson, he'd be gone too. The way he's handled everything. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no doubt. It's going to be fun to see. But, Tower, appreciate you coming on, talking some sports. We'll be in touch as the playoffs roll on. But thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mitch. Appreciate it. And that's it for today's show. Thanks again to both guests, Ian Dunn and Tyler Tesson. Thanks again to everybody out there for listening. And, uh, yeah, we had no show last week, had a personal situation, but thank you again to uh, everybody for, for reaching out. Uh, my uncle was a good man, and it was good to be back home with my family and, uh, you know, be there for him. It's one of those tough things. Life does go on. But uh, thanks again to everybody out there for listening, and uh, thanks again for all the support. You can find The Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Search Money Mitch Effect. It comes right up. Um, I am on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page as well. We're going to have a lot of content on there as well as some of the Running With The Money episodes. We might be bringing that back a little in the spring. I think we're going to have a master's show for sure, definitely for March Madness. So we're not going to do that one weekly, but we will have some special episodes as well. So make sure you check out all that. I am Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks again to everybody for listening. Uncle Jim, I miss you, and uh, I'll be here next week. Same time, same place. Maybe not the same time, but you'll find me next week for sure. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks for listening.